0: Hello, I'm Steve, the retired criminal investigator with the Air Force Office of Special Investigations, the Federal Law Enforcement Agency of the United States Air Force.
1: I'm Hannah, the amateur true crime enthusiast. I've been fascinated with my dad's job, and I love starting conversations with him to learn more. Join us each week as we share these conversations with you and discuss a real criminal case that piques our interest. Hello. Welcome back, Archivists. How are you? Good. Yeah? I'm well. Awesome. (laughs) Uh, So before I get into the introduction and the little recap and everything, because don't forget that this is week three now of a collaboration we're doing, I'm going to give you guys a little update that you may have already seen on our Instagram, but for those of you who don't follow us on Instagram or Twitter, highly recommend that you do. Uh, Instagram is TreeChem Archives Podcast and Twitter is TC Archives Pod. I'll post updates as they come in there. But I just wanted to also let you guys know January 12th, a judge denied a motion to suppress DNA evidence collected from Angelo Colon Artis in the 2016 murder of Vanessa Marcotte. So if you guys will remember, we did cover that case. Twenty-nine Back. March. Yep. It was a
0: twenty-nine March twenty-one. Almost Princeton. A year ago. Yeah, Princeton Jogger was the name of that one.
1: Yes, and that has been a case that we've been following because he has not gone to trial yet. He's been charged with murder and a couple other charges, but he's not gone to trial yet. He's been trying to suppress the DNA evidence.
0: Yeah, if everybody remembers. The, he he. There was a language barrier, mm-hmm. and the state police went to his house and said, hey, can you give us DNA to rule you out? And he, let, he signed their consent form, and he's trying to argue, well, I, I didn't understand what I was signing.
1: Yeah, so his lawyers are arguing in their motion that the DNA samples collected from their client uh, by the state police in March 2017 were obtained illegally, and I'm reading this from the CBS News website. I linked it on our Instagram. I'll link it again. So you guys can see this Mm -hmm. Uh, because police did not have a warrant, you know, because a consent form in Spanish was not properly translated. All this. However, the judge, Judge Janet Kenton Walker, in her decision said, even though there was a problem with the form, considering and this is a quotation, considering the totality of circumstances in this case, the consent form together with the interview with police conveyed uh, that they were looking for a DNA sample. So, and again, this is com- I'm reading this straight from the cbsnews.com.
0: Yeah. So the only thing next is this trial, which that's they got a good. They yeah. got the DNA. This is good. This is be and control. I think
1: when we talked about it, we were a little worried that they were gonna maybe.
0: Yeah, but then they suppress it? They would have figured it out. And so now, I think the prosecutors are gonna try to move in for a plea deal.
1: Yeah, he's pleading not guilty. Still, oh, his is he? lawyers. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it did say it did sound like they were going to continue to appeal the. The ver- the well, the they're going so. uh,
0: the, the prosecutor is going to reach out to the, t- the defense mm-hmm. attorney again and say, here's what we have. Look, this is, we, we have his DNA. This is how we put it all together. He's the guy.
1: And witnesses and a bunch witnesses, of other yeah, evidence. Yeah, right, right, right. So. right. right cool. so, yep, there's just a little update for you guys. That's awesome, yeah. That just happened. So, getting into today's episode, this is the United Data Connect and Metro Denver Crime Stoppers Collaboration. And today we are talking about Helene Pruszynski. Now, as a little recap to remind you guys that these two companies are private companies. Uh, It's Mitch Morrissey and Mike Mills that run both of these companies. United Data Connect is the genetic genealogy Mm
0: -hmm.
1: company. They specialize in genetic genealogy. That's Mitch Morrissey. He is the former Denver district attorney. Mm-hmm. And they reached out to the Crime Stoppers to see if they would be willing to fund these five pilot programs, is what they called them. Essentially, five cold cases, mm-hmm. and that's we've been. We're, that's what we're doing. We're covering the five cases because they've been solved.
0: Right, and we we went through Sylvia Quayle. Yes, and
1: last week was Jeannie Moore. Last
0: week was Jeannie Moore, and then today is Helene Hel- Przinsky. Helene Przinsky. All right. Yep. Excellent. And
1: I have quite a bit of information all right. for this one. So for, for Helene. Okay. So we are in Douglas County, Colorado, which is all we're also like in Inglewood, which if you remember, that's actually one of the places that we talked about in Sylvia Quayle's case. Uh-huh. So some of these are, kind. Of they're all in like the similar location.
0: Yeah. I know that area too. So does mom. Yeah.
1: Mom's from Denver. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, actually, I got mom's help on pronouncing one of the places <laughs> she huh. laughed at me when I was doing this research. You guys, I couldn't pronounce it. And she laughed at me. <laughs> so Helene was born on April 5th, 1958 in New York. She was the youngest of three children. Her parents were Chester and Henrietta Prusinski. And they had been raising their family in South Huntington on Long-, Long Island, which is where she was born, until her father. So that's Chester who was an Army veteran and an engineer, ended up taking a new job in 1972 and would have to relocate the family to Hamilton, Massachusetts. Helene had been interested in music and stage while in high school. Not sure what that means. I'm assuming theater, but that was the articles I read. That's what they chose to describe it as was stage. Probably. Yeah. Uh, while she was in high school, but when she got to college, she was had been an aspiring journalist and she had been attending Wheaton College in Massachusetts. So in 1980, when Helene and her friend Kitsy Snow both landed an internship working for the news department at KHOW Radio in Englewood, Colorado, she was super excited. They were both very excited because she was super passionate about journalism. She is described as being responsible and punctual and she would pretty much do like the same thing every day. Like she had a routine and a schedule and she didn't like steer from this routine and schedule, which will be important in a minute. Mm -hmm. And her and her friend were actually staying with her aunt and uncle in Colorado, in Inglewood, Colorado, while they were doing their internship. Uh, So at the time that our story takes place, they had only been out there for a few weeks. And again, this is. We're going to be talking about January of 1980. And she's 21 years old at the time. So on January 6th, 1980, she has a shift at the radio station set to end at 530 p.m., which that was typical of every single day. Again, remember I said she had like a routine in the schedule. It was a two block walk from the station to the bus stop. From the bus stop, she would get to Inglewood, and then it was a six-block walk from that bus stop to her aunt and uncle's house, and it took her about an hour every day to get home.
0: The total thing, the two-blocks bus ride, and the six blocks?
1: Yep. Would take about an hour. And that was, again, typical. She did the same routine every single day, same schedule. She got home at the same time every single day.
0: What's well, a pain. What? Well, what's the point of taking a bus if you have to walk six blocks? Yeah, that's what I thought too. Yeah. Okay. All right.
1: She might have liked to walk too.
0: Well, she she got the job she wanted, and her her aunt and uncle they they live where they live, so uh, I guess it beat at least it was a lot closer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. For her and
1: her friend. So obviously, on January sixth, when she did not show up at six thirty, they immediately were concerned.
0: Right. Because (laughs) yeah.
1: Yeah, it was an immediate concern. So immediately they begin searching for her. They get in the car. They start walking. They go to the bus stop. They're driving around. They call the radio station, and then finally they do call the police. And now it had been about four hours that she had been missing. So what is that like ten thirty? Is when police arrive at the aunt and uncle's house to take a missing persons report.
0: Wow! Just only after four hours, to the missing persons report. That's pretty good.
1: Yeah. I, I thought the same thing, too, especially for it being 1980 and how, you know, a lot of police, they're like, you have to wait 48 hours or whatever, and she was an adult. They had already been out looking for her for a few hours, so maybe that's why they took it a little more seriously.
0: Probably, too, be again, her, the, the, her and the pattern routine. of life, you know, routine, and she gets home at 6.30 every, every night, you know, so.
1: The next day at around 9 a.m., so now we're on January 17th, 1980. Uh, A woman and her son, her 13 year old son, are driving along Daniels Park Road, which is in northern Douglas County, which, by the way, this is all Denver. So mom was explaining that to me because I was super confused. There's like three different towns, three different counties Mm -hmm. that we deal with. But then it kept also saying Denver. And mom was explaining to me that it's basically all Denver and these are just like suburbs. So, yeah, suburbs. to the like city. simplify it, this is just in Denver. D-
0: it's Denver's kind of like on the grid system, too. So, yeah. um, all right. It's, yeah, it's. So, where was it again? Wh- so, um, we're
1: in, now we're in Douglas County, it's Daniels Park Road. Mm-hmm. And I have I have some pictures I can okay. post there. It's just like a big open field, basically. Yeah,
0: like uh, you know, you talk about casey You have that thing for cases on our Instagram. You know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. The, on
1: the stories, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's literally just like a big open field. Like there's nothing okay. around. And what it's happened at this place? January. I'm getting there. I'm <laughs> describing <laughs> okay, it.
0: Okay, you're spending a lot of time oh, describing third.
1: the place. There's snow. There's some snow on the ground. Oh, okay. okay, it's Good. a big open field. Yep. Anyway. The son points out to his mom that he sees a body out in the field as they're driving. Wow. And the mom is like kind of looking out. And there's, again, some snow on the road. She's like, oh, that does kind of look like a body. She calls. They described it as like a like a park person, someone who worked at the park, because this mm. is like a national park or a park road. Oh,
0: oh, Is it like a national park or a state park or something? must
1: be a state park. It just this park road.
0: A city park or county park yeah. or something. Okay.
1: but It's just like a big open field. Mm. I don't know. Um, And then he came out and was like, yeah, that's definitely a person. And they called the police. Um, And it's actually investigators from the Douglas County Sheriff's Office Mm -hmm. and the Colorado Bureau of Investigation, which uh, we talked about the last two weeks. Yeah. Arrive within two hours. So it it takes them two hours, which I'm like, why did it take two hours? Really? Yeah. Within two hours, they finally arrive. Wow. Was that a little long of a response time?
0: Yeah. 911 is... Still relatively new in in 1981. 1980. Oh, 1980. Um, Yeah, like, if they called 911, like, you would think, like, if they said there was a dead body, you'd think, like, paramedics, fire, rescue, and everybody would have been there first. Or, like, a regular cop. Yeah. So, okay, hold on. The investigators. It's, not, it's the investigators. Yeah, yeah, the investigators showed up two hours. What probably happened is the police showed up and they secured the scene and everything. Yeah,
1: I didn't read yeah, anything. Yeah, no, no, no I, I have the police yeah. report, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, no, no. I can pull it up for I meant to do that for you. I have the police report.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure. It's
1: kind of hard to read. Yeah,
0: they always are. They're 1980. always ch- chicken scratch. Uh, actually, this one's typed. Oh, uh, so probably what happened is the investigators showed up two hours later. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: That makes more sense then. Mm-hmm. I would hope so. Now, when everyone shows up, sh- they can see that she had been sexually assaulted, mm-hmm. stabbed multiple times in the back, and she was found with her hands tied behind her back with nylon straps. Mm. And this is really sad because the way that she was identified mm-hmm. is that one of the Arapaho County Sheriff's deputy, that was the name that I could not pronounce. Mm-hmm. He actually, the one of the ones that showed up, he actually worked part-time at the KHOW radio station where she Wait was attorney. Wait a
0: minute, Sheriff? That's a different sheriff's department.
1: I know. That's what I'm saying. There was like different counties. We're in we're in Jefferson County, but it's one of the Arapaho County Sheriff's deputy shows up. I don't know why.
0: Okay, this one I'm talking about. So the, the sheriff's Department showed up first before the investigators. So that's definitely clear now I read this afterwards, yeah, so, so I was so assuming this happened yeah. afterwards. So he worked at the radio station part-time?
1: Yeah. It seemed like the investigators got there first, and then this Arapahoe County Sheriff's deputy got there. That's w- when I was reading everything. Mm, that's uh-oh. what it seemed like to me. That's why I wrote right. it this way.
0: Okay. Because
1: it seemed like it. A- but yeah, that's know,
0: probably not what happened. What, what happened is the, the... You think he got there the, first? The patrol folks show up first, absolutely, always.
1: Okay, but good point. Why is he from a different county?
0: It, maybe it's... On the you look you have to look at the address. Maybe it's on the the border of two counties or something. Or maybe he heard, and maybe he heard that uh, that it seemed like he just well, showed up and was like, "Oh right, crap, I know her." Right. Probably because he was aware of the missing person report. Maybe or oh. or he worked at the radio station. Maybe someone called him and said, "Hey, she's missing." So when they found out that there's a potential body in the field, he probably just showed up.
1: Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, that's so. That's how they identified her because he, he showed up and he was like, right. "Yeah." What's immediately her condition that's her. again? So she's been stabbed in the back multiple mm-hmm. times, mm-hmm. clearly sexually assaulted, and her hands had been tied behind her back with nylon straps.
0: Wow! N- oh, nylon straps. Okay.
1: Hmm. So the evidence <coughs> that guess. we have, because now obviously they're going to start their investigation, right? right? Right. So what would you what would you look for first? We're in a field on a road, open field.
0: Y- well, you it, it's you didn't just get out there, right? Yeah. So you probably drove a vehicle out there. Mm-hmm. So maybe some tire tracks, that kind of stuff. You know, some some sort of indication. Of course, hope hopefully the patrol cars haven't driven all over the the thing, you know what I mean? It sounds uh, so like
1: they were pretty good about that. Okay, it.
0: good. Um so that that'll be for starters. And then you can look for anything in the immediate area that's foreign to that, to that area that might allow you to identify somebody, maybe to pick up some DNA or that. Well, I'm talking like 2022, but yeah. Um,
1: they still picked up things yeah. for DNA back then, even though they yeah. didn't have it, which was obviously crazy.
0: you're going to get the nylon straps for sure. You're going to, um, whatever clothing is there, but it yeah, anything uh, in yeah, the area like cigarette butts, even, you know, um, that kind of thing. May, you can look for some sort of knife or something that might've, might've, you know, punctured her, stabbed her.
1: Right, in a big open field, that's got to be a lot of stuff.
0: Well, you how you, long? What, what like you might do is the immediate area, right? Yeah. But then what I would probably do is stand up and say, "How far could I throw something?" Mm, and that's then, smart. Then, kind of go out, go out that far, maybe if if they were stupid enough to throw the knife, you know.
1: That's smart. Didn't even think about that. You know. So. We do have tracks. We have tracks left by a motorcycle and one set left by a car. We also have two sets of footprints in the snow leading to the field. Oh,
0: I forgot it was snowing. Yeah, footprints too. There's uh, there's
1: a little bit of snow. Mm. Uh, One pair happens to be, it looks like cowboy boots. Um, So both footprints are going out to the field. Mm -hmm. There's one set of footprints coming back. Which is the cowboy boots. Mm-hmm. What they look like to be cowboy boots. And then they proceeded to take an empty milk carton, a hunk of bread, an old can. So like what you were saying, anything that was in yeah, the area. Yeah, it could be
0: there for 20 years, but it yeah. could, you got to, you know.
1: They, they took it. They also made plaster casts of the tire tracks and footprints and took pictures. Yeah, that's awesome.
0: I've done plaster casts before. Yeah, That's cool.
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, they took a lot of pictures for 1980 because there when I was doing my research, there was a lot of pictures.
0: Actually, I... I did a theft case where I had a footprint, right? Mm, I didn't a, that. A, a pretty serious footprint. I went to, like, I had it, like, a picture of it, and it was blown up, you know, a picture of it and everything. Mm-hmm. I I took it to the stores, and I found out what kind of sneaker it was, and and all my suspects, I was, um, <laughs> you know, taking their sneakers and going to their house and searching their shoes and stuff. That's like TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Was that is that in Japan off base? No,
0: no, I was in Texas.
1: Well, that would have been cooler off base in Japan.
0: <laughs> yeah. So.
1: <laughs> okay. So, plaster cast, footprints pictures. So that's all the evidence we have, mm-hmm. right? Now they're going to next publicize this. Mm-hmm. Because they want some leads. Yeah. Is that oh, so
0: they don't have anything right now. But they yeah. well, no, they have some good evidence. They have some yeah. right, but they need to what they need to do, what the police need to do. Is find a suspect because they have things they can match them to, footprints, tire tracks, you know, the vehicle, things like that.
1: Right. So, would you publicize it then if you were like like what they did? They have nothing. They have nowhere to go.
0: Yeah, you got. They got nothing. Mm -hmm. They got like. So, I'm assuming they they went back and talked to coworkers, Mm -hmm. talked to the aunt and uncle, talked to her friend that she's out there with.
1: Yes, who kept a pretty thorough journal and like journal yeah while this was happening so she was like writing journal entries
0: so you know you gotta is there anybody been bothering her lately she's been dating anybody lately she involved in drugs you know you got to go through all that you got to go through all that first because you might get a lead out of there before you go public with it
1: also don't forget she doesn't live in colorado She's only been there for a few weeks. Oh, I
0: forgot. Oh so, so it's only two weeks. Well, you never know. Has she had any so interaction like, with anybody? Has she met anybody? It's still the but same.
1: How harder would it make it for you though? Y- yeah,
0: yeah. It, it's for right. her not being living there. You're probably gonna really quick get to the point where you need to say, Hey, we don't we don't have anything. She's just been here a couple of weeks, you know. So I see what you're saying. But yeah. but you gotta at least try. You gotta go to work. Is anybody dislike her at work? You know? Right. anybody trying to hit on her at work, that kind of thing.
1: So it seemed like none of that worked. That led to nowhere. So I'm they, suspect
0: of that cop, though.
1: They publicized it. The one that works with him, really. Yeah. Do you want me to spoil it for you? No. Are you sure? Yeah. Oh, well, now you guys got to listen till the
0: end.
1: <laughs> 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 Um. So. It's not the cop. No, it's not the cop. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. It's not the cop. A lead does come forward. A woman says that around 10:20 p.m. the night that Helene had disappeared. So that was what, the 16th
0: Mm-hmm.
1: She had been driving along that same oh, wait, road. So
0: so so they publicized it, right? Yep. Yeah. And they get a lead. A woman How comes did forward. they do that though?
1: I believe in the newspaper, in blah, 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 newspaper? Okay, talk. The newspapers and the like the TV. T
0: V. Okay. Yeah. All right. Anybody have any Probably you know, on the radio station? Anybody too? have anything called Metro Denver Crime Stoppers? Oh.
1: Probably also the the radio Radio, station because she, you know, that's probably, but a woman does come forward and she's like, Hey, I was driving out on that road, that same exact road at around 1020 and she'd seen a man in that same area where Helene's body was found. Mm -hmm. And she said he was like 20 to 30 years old, Caucasian, medium length, brown hair, uh, that went over the ears, possible mustache. Here's the interesting part. And it's not clear on if the police asked her to do this or if she did this on her own account or cord. She underwent hypnosis to recall more details, with which they used to make a more detailed composite.
0: Yeah, is that reliable? Like co- co- I'm trying to think—it's cognitive, something or other. Um, that, yeah, they—you don't use that anymore, though. But I was gonna
1: say—is that reliable? But they, the police not. would yeah. okay that. Yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. back in the '80s, they try
0: to walk you through. It's called co- cognitive. I can't think. Of they what do it's it called. on criminal minds. Yeah. And they try to walk you through in detail. Okay, now what do you see? You know, now what do you see? Now what do you see? Yeah. You know, and you get in detail, so...
1: There was one episode where, on Criminal Minds, Reed did it with mm. a kid. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um. So, I thought that was interesting. It was probably
0: like better made for TV.
1: <laughs> yeah, It like, as I was reading it, I was like, this sounds mm-hmm. like a, something out of a TV. Uh, but it didn't say, again, if the police asked her to do it or if she did it on her own. I'd be interested to know that. Uh. So, obviously, police are going to go through all the leads where they can, but... Again, she had only been out there for a couple weeks. She wasn't from there at all, so after a year, her uh case officially goes cold.
0: So 81 and they they have a description.
1: A pretty decent description too. And, and they the, I'll show you guys the com- the composite sketch mm. was pretty it was a pretty good one.
0: And at this point, they are
1: And we have a by the way, we have the the person, so I we can put yeah. them side by side and see if you think they look alike.
0: Oh, yeah, we did that before. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> S- and at this point, They're not aware that they have any DNA. They're not. Nineteen eighty, eighty one. They have evidence. They kept everything right. right, They have evidence. And what do we know? We know that somewhere on there is evidence. Right. And just by the sheer fact of this case that we're doing, it's probably going to be DNA. But that'll be cool. Which,
1: like, again, the way that they preserved everything so well without knowing what it was really going to eventually lead to is crazy to me. Like, they had the foresight.
0: Well that's collecting evidence. That's what you do.
1: It's but it's crazy that they, they you they uh-huh. could have just thrown it into a box.
0: I'm just wondering the poor sap that had a Coke can five years before and, and threw out the coke can out there uh, and <laughs> yeah. gets called gets yeah. called in, you know. Okay.
1: Yeah. yeah, I think that's what they end up doing. Uh so <laughs> nineteen ninety eight DNA is put into CODIS. So this is that's right time. on the, right yeah. on the time, yeah. So it sounds like uh, Oh, wait a they minute. Where'd they
0: get the DNA? we we, we jumped.
1: It th- that's all I had. I didn't have... So, I guess they re-examined it and pulled the DNA okay, profile so at the same time.
0: That's the the thing here. This is the point of the case, right? So, they... Cl- w- what was the evidence again? Just remind me real quick.
1: Obviously, the clothes. The clothes. I'm assuming we've yeah. got tire tracks and footprints. And then there's an empty milk carton, a hunk of bread, an old can.
0: Okay. So, out of all the... They sent, they sent the can, the bread, all that, and the clothes... They sent that to the lab at some point when they said, "Hey, see if we can get DNA profile." I
1: believe it's her clothes right. that they end up getting. So that's yeah.
0: what I was going to say. They probably it's from her clothes. Found like a her. semen stain or something yeah. on the um, on the clothes. So again, it's been preserved, but now DNA is in the forefront in the '90s, and boom, what do they do? They get a profile, right?
1: Yep, but cool. no match. And as what per year? Usual. What year is this now? '98. '98. Yep, but as per usual, there's no match. No match, match <laughs>
0: in CODIS, yeah, because that's why you do genealogy.
1: Yep. So they re-examined this case in 2000, 2005, 2010, 2013, and 2017. So they're really like, they're not giving up on this case. Mm-hmm. And then in 2019, uh, this is the year that we have the, our collaboration begins with United mm-hmm. Data Collect or Connect yep. and the Metro Denver Crime Stoppers. This is when they get together and they're like, let's start this. So the Douglas County Sheriff's Investigator, Shannon Jensen, with the help of genealogist Joan Hanlon, who is with United Data Connect, put the DNA profile that they have through GEDmatch. They get over 3,000 hits.
0: Whoa, something's wrong there.
1: Uh, it's just of people that could be related. Like it goes back as yeah, far as well, eight generations. No, no,
0: then they have to do their work. They have to right, do right, the right. genealogy work. Yeah, right. yeah.
1: So it goes back as far as eight generations. And they oh, end up. Oh, okay. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: This is what C. C. Moore does best. Yeah. Yes.
1: So then they narrow it down to two closer relatives. They did also get um, a few false leads, too, Mm -hmm. that they went and they checked out. They investigated and it turned out to not be a match. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of them was actually the brother of the murderer. So they went to him first because he had a history of sexual assault and violent sexual assault. So they said, oh, this has to be him. DNA was not a match. However, his brother. (laughs) So his brother is Curtis Allen White, who now goes by James Curtis Clanton. He changed his name, I believe it said in like 1989, in November of 2019. So now this is the name that they have. This is the lead, right? So the lead is James Curtis Clanton. So
0: so his brother, when they said, okay, thanks, United, he said, okay, later. He didn't say, like, hey, try my brother?
1: I don't think they actually spoke to him. They went out there. Yeah, yeah, they didn't actually speak to him. They went out there and secretly got his DNA and tested it and it didn't match. Yeah, okay. So they're doing doing their their investigation. investigation.
0: (laughs) So, yeah. so they don't—they're not sure who it is yet. So they have to sort of covertly get all this stuff yes. and figure it out.
1: Yes. So, November of 2019, Douglas County deputies go to North Central Florida, where James Clanton is now living, and they followed him for a while until they could. How
0: did they get to him now? They the, go the that DNA through the brother. Through the brother.
1: Yeah, they looked at the brother because that was—he was a part. They were a part of the family tree. His brother. So when they tested his brother, they looked at him and realized he also had a history, too. We're going to find out. Uh, And so so they went to secretly get his DNA. This is
0: the genealogy piece, right? They're Mm -hmm. they're going down. They get the brother. Oh, his DNA is not it. But you know what? They got the brother over here in the same family line. Okay.
1: They went out and secretly collected, I think, like three or four people's DNA to test that and they didn't come back as a match which we haven't run into that yet which is kind of cool that they're so you you can see that they're testing these leads right they're running down these leads they're just leads so they follow him for a while and they are able to finally grab something uh it ends up being a beer mug at a bar he mm. has a couple beers at a bar and leaves the the mug there and i can again i just like picture police like sneaking in and just stealing the mug.
0: <laughs> well they're probably sitting there having a drink i
1: know it's just so funny so yeah so they get the the mug and they do match the dna that's on the mug to the dna that they had from the crime scene
0: nice and who do they got
1: so What's it's James Curtis Clanton.
0: Uh-huh. How old is he at this point?
1: Fifty something, sixty something.
0: All right. Let now me look it
1: up in a second. I he's I didn't want to he's not important. We don't care about him.
0: No, but but he th- is like fifty or sixty. No, but his background was he living in the area? Like we need those details for I'm, the case. I'm, okay.
1: How many times are you gonna skip ahead of me? All right, all right, I'm sorry. Jeez sorry. Louise. <laughs> so yes, he he moved I literally said that. He moved to north central Florida, but he had been yeah. Okay. So December 11th of 2019, he is arrested and he was brought in to try and fix an identity issue. So they told him that there was like an identity theft issue with him and mm-hmm. they just needed him to come in to like verify some information oh, to nice. make sure. But this was just to lock him into information about where he was living in his life at the time of the murder. Mm-hmm. So he couldn't later lie. The ruse, yeah. Yeah, which I thought was... Interesting. Originally, when he was confronted with her picture on the charges, he denied it. And he immediately was like, nope, I want a lawyer. He waived extradition back to Colorado. And it is on the way out there that he decides he wants to talk and confess to the murder. And he he begins to tell. And yeah, he had been living out there. Um, And it's a really sad, scary. He talks about his life. He didn't have a, a good life growing up. His parents were not good he the typical harming animals when he was a kid yeah the
0: typical had a crappy life i might as well kill someone
1: well and he says that he didn't actually intend on killing her Mm, which it just made it all that worse he's only
0: raping and stabbing her yeah
1: well he said that he was going to let her go and then he just he had like an out-of-body experience Mm, and just he says he has all this like anger pent up and Mm -hmm. he doesn't know you know it's his excuses whatever yeah he it's Terrifying to hear him to hear what so he says. It's all on video, on his
0: way out there, he decided. And then when he got there, he confessed, or so like when they drive into the no, car in together in the car
1: and in the airplane. Yeah, so they the the deputies, the investigators turned on their phone, but then a couple of them had the body cams. So there's yeah. actually footage of him on the oh, plane. Did you, yeah, did you, yeah. you, that? Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. It, it's terrifying. Yeah, really? He's he and he he says over the years, he just knew, like they asked him, they said, Did you know what we were coming to talk to you about? And he said, Yeah, I knew. I knew it was going to catch up to me at some point. And he, yeah, he talks about that. That's how I know all that. What he said. He, he talks mm, about interesting okay. abducting her and everything. So he ends up, ple- uh, he pleaded guilty and he received a life sentence with the possibility of parole. Uh, there was a three hour hearing. It was in the summer of 2020. More than a dozen people spoke, um, at the hearing, which was the sentencing. They spoke on the impact that Helene's murder had on their lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, her friend, Kitsy Snow, actually was one of them to speak. Yeah. And she read some of the entries from her journal um, from
0: 1980. Oh,
1: wow. One interesting thing, they can't charge him with sexual assault because it's past the statute of Limitations yeah. in Colorado. Yeah. Which is, I don't That's know.
0: right. They got him for murder, right?
1: Yeah. But that's interesting to me that Wh- there's a Statue of Limitations in, yeah. on sexual assault, but not on, like...
0: Very few. I think murder is, like, one of the only ones that... Doesn't have a, a, a statute of limitations.
1: All the other ones we've talked about, they're getting charged with sexual assaults yeah. too.
0: Uh, it's, it's state based, yeah. Um, what what about like the knife? Did he talk about what he did with the knife? No. No?
1: No. Although at this point, I don't think it really, right? They got the DNA and now a confession.
0: Mm-hmm. No, no, t- no, no. You can recant a confession. Mm. That's it's why true. you got to still collect the, the evidence because.
1: That's true. But the DNA at this I've point. I've talked so about
0: this before. I work with people said, "Ah, we don't have to. We can stop collecting evidence because we got a confession." No, 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 no. Bad guys recant their confession all the time. Weird. Yeah.
1: Well, makes sense, not weird. Yeah. But yeah.
0: And besides, how better does it look when you can say, "Here's all the evidence I collected, and the bad guy confessed."
1: Well, you he's know? already sentenced too, so that's why they.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: So that's probably why they didn't. All
0: right, what try about and the family? Are they around?
1: Again, not much they want their privacy. Yeah. Not much about the family. I mean, they're everyone's happy that there's finally justice for Helene.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But right.
1: Again, twelve people spoke. So there was, it was a three hour sentencing hearing.
0: So United Data Connect, about a thousand now. This is the third one that yep. they helped with. Yep. They're really making the a name Metro, for themselves.
1: Metro Denver Crime Stoppers, too.
0: Yeah, they're really making a name for themselves.
1: Yep. So pretty awesome.
0: All right, awesome.
1: Another person put away. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that is all I have for this one. Did you have anything else to add? No, that's good. All right. So again, this is our collaboration. It's the United Data Connect and Metro Denver Crime Stoppers collaboration that we're covering. The five different cases. Uh, this is the third one. Mm-hmm. So y- if you guys haven't listened, go back and listen to the first two. It's the last two weeks and you can get caught up on what's going on and go in more in depth in the first episode. You can follow us on Instagram at True Crime Archives Podcast. We're on Twitter at TC Archives Pod. If you would like to give us a rate and review on Apple Podcasts, we'd love to hear your feedback and Spotify and Anchor too. And we'll talk to you guys next week.